Today on the podcast, I want to talk about happiness. And actually, not so much about happiness itself, but rather the chemistry of happiness, like what's going on inside of us when we experience happiness and how do we create more of it. Welcome to Mom 2.0. Hi, I'm Vicky. Over the past three years, I've gone from having so little energy I needed three reasons to go upstairs to waking up full of energy and genuinely enjoying time spent with my kids. In this podcast, I share everything that I've learned that has helped me so that it can help you too. I cover a wide range of topics, everything from stress to nutrition, and my hope is that this podcast will take you from tired to inspired so you have the energy you need to enjoy life the way you deserve to. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Mom 2.0. I was talking to a friend recently who's in the stage now that I was in three years ago. She has a baby and a toddler, and she feels like she has no time for herself. She doesn't really feel like herself. She feels like just a mom. And it occurred to me that so much of what we want at that time is to be happy. We love our kids, we adore our kids, but we also want so badly to be past that stage because we think that once they get a bit older, we will be happy again. We can be more ourselves. And while I'm talking to her and telling her that in just a year from now, everything will be so much easier, I also thought to myself, why can't she just be happy now in the stage that she's in? Because yes, once the kids get a bit older, you get more of you back. But also, we weren't meant to just get through the baby years. They're beautiful. We're meant to enjoy them. They do, after all, pass by really quickly. So how do we do this? How do we conjure up happiness so that it takes up more space in our day than overwhelm or loneliness or despair? To do this, I thought it would be helpful to understand how happiness works. I always think that understanding how things work is the first step to creating more of what we want. Once we understand how it works, it gets easier to create more happiness in your everyday life, no matter your circumstances. Because really, it's a chemical reaction that doesn't have a whole lot to do with your circumstances, except that your circumstances and your beliefs determine your thoughts. Your current circumstances drive how you see the world, what you think about. What you think about creates these chemical reactions which create your feelings. And those feelings are what drive you to do things. And then in turn, the things that you do, or the actions that you take, the decisions that you make moment to moment, they create your circumstances. It's this repetitive cycle that continues all day, every day. And if you change one of those things, you can change the direction of the cycle. You can change your circumstances. And I used to think that it all started with your thoughts, that if you changed your thoughts, you could change your life. But it doesn't start with your thoughts. It starts one step before that, 
it starts with your beliefs or the way that you see the world. Two people can have very similar lives, but yet very opposite experiences of life, simply based on the way that they see the world. As an example, I'm going to use a story that my dad told me a long time ago. My memory of the story is a bit off, so the details are going to be wrong, but that doesn't matter. The gist of the story is the same. When he was in his 20s, maybe early 30s, he had a team building day at work. They were divided into groups and they were put in separate rooms. In the rooms, there were building blocks. And my dad's group was told that the highest anyone had built with these blocks was 20 blocks. And their task was to try and break that record. When they got to 21 blocks, they called their boss and they were all so excited because they'd broken the record. But the group next door, they had been told that the record was 30 blocks and the next one 40. And each group broke what they thought was the record by one block and then stopped because they believed that they had broken the record. They had pushed the boundaries for what was possible. Their beliefs about what was possible was different for each group. And because of that belief, that's as far as they got, just a little better than they believed was possible. Had they been told that the record was 100, they would have gotten to 101. And so that's what I mean about our current circumstances and beliefs. We see our life the way it is right now, and we have a hard time believing that it can easily change. We only see what we believe is possible for us based on the information that we have. And that information that we have, that comes from what we see around us and also what we've been told by teachers, parents, friends, etc. Over the years, we create limits for our life and what's in our realm of possibility based on the data that we collect as we move through the years. So if we're in a situation right now where we're unhappy, we have a tough time thinking about anything other than how unhappy we are. We replay all the bad things that have happened in our lives to get us to this point, and we keep those feelings alive. Or if you take my friend from earlier, who has a baby and a toddler, and she's struggling to find joy in the days, just getting by. When the end of the day comes, she replays all the arguments she had with the toddler, all the things that she could have done better, all the negative things that happened, she creates more of that, creating more negative chemical reactions. Because she is only seeing her life for what it is now, and the actions that she takes is based on the belief of what is possible for her. People like myself have told her it gets better in a year, so she believes it gets better in a year, but actually, had I said, and had everyone in her life said, this is a wonderful time, it was the best time of my life, if all the women in her life had said that, she would believe that that's possible for her too, and things would change. So how do we change it? How do we change the chemical reaction inside of us so that instead of experiencing sadness, we experience more happiness, regardless of our current situation? And the answer isn't just about sitting around thinking happy thoughts and hoping for the best. Because as I explained earlier, yes, thinking happy thoughts helps. But to make real change, we actually have to change the way 
we see our current circumstances. And you might be thinking, well, easier said than done. But the truth is, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are privileged. You have internet, a phone or a computer, a roof over your head. And if you have all of those things, you very likely have food as well. These are things that we take for granted, but really, there are plenty of people in the world without these things. So we start there, a small shift in perspective. The next thing to do is to understand the neurotransmitters involved in happiness. Specifically here, I'm going to talk about dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins. There are others involved, but those are the three that I want to focus on. And neurotransmitters, it sounds like a more complex word than hormones, but they're kind of the same thing. They're both chemical messengers in the body, but with some key differences. The main one being that neurotransmitters work mainly within the brain and the nervous system, while hormones travel through the bloodstream and work throughout the entire body. So first you have dopamine, and that is our brain's reward system. We hear a lot about dopamine in regards to scrolling and likes on social media. A lot of people call dopamine the feel-good hormone. But it's not actually about feeling good, but rather about motivation. And yes, when you're motivated, you feel good. But dopamine, it's about wanting, not having. That's why things like getting likes on social media, they feel good for like a second, but it doesn't last. It's not a real feeling of happiness. It's always about wanting more. So I'm always scrolling, always wanting more. There are many ways to increase your levels of dopamine. But before you look at increasing your levels, you want to make sure that you have a good baseline level of dopamine. So like I said before, dopamine is your drive and your motivation. And we all know that motivation comes and goes. So how do we maintain a higher baseline level of motivation so that we don't get these big spikes and dips? So we don't go from feeling like we can take on the world to struggling to get out of bed in the morning. And there are three main ways we can do this. The first is through sleep. It's during sleep that we fill our tank and recharge our body battery. And so by getting good quality sleep each night, you don't have to work so hard to conjure up motivation every day. You will naturally wake up motivated and ready for the day. The second way to do this is through nutrition. What you want here is foods high in tyrosine. And I'm not going to list them all out now because a simple Google search will get you everything you need. But the nutrient tyrosine has been shown to increase levels of dopamine. The third is morning sunlight. Getting unfiltered sunlight before 10 a.m. for 15 to 20 minutes, even on a cloudy day, will boost levels of dopamine. These are three things that you should be focusing on daily not something that you can just do once here and there. I mean, you can do them once here and there, and every little bit helps. But the more you do it, the more consistent you are with this, the better you will feel. Every day, you need to be getting quality sleep, focusing on nutrients, and getting sunlight. Not just for dopamine levels, but for your overall health and well-being. Okay, so that's dopamine. Then we've got serotonin. And serotonin is your mood-regulating neurotransmitter. Serotonin contributes to feelings of contentment and well-being, and according to Dr. Andrew Huberman, it's the feeling that we have enough in our immediate environment. 
So when we are stress-free, safe, and we have everything we need, that's when serotonin comes into play. The number one way to increase levels of serotonin is to take care of your gut health. Because a large amount, some say upwards of 90% of your serotonin, is made in your gut. And to keep your gut healthy, you want to focus on fiber, probiotics, and prebiotics. You also want to eat foods high in tryptophan, as this is a precursor to serotonin. I spoke a little bit about tryptophan last week's episode also. So hopefully you're already eating some of those foods. And then lastly, we have endorphins. And endorphins are like the body's natural painkiller and mood boosters. They play a crucial role in our mood, pain perception, overall well-being. The way that we increase endorphins is to do things that we enjoy. Laughing, talking to friends, playing with our kids, things like that. But if those options or anything like it feels like absolutely nothing that you're in the mood for, a surefire way to increase endorphins despite your mood is exercise. And you may not feel like exercising either, but if you can drag yourself to the gym, to a class, or even just outside for a quick, brisk walk, then despite your bad mood, your lack of motivation, all of that, endorphins will be released and you will feel better than you did before. So these three neurotransmitters, they influence how happy you feel from day to day or even from moment to moment. The amount of time that you spend feeling happy is well within your control, no matter what's going on in your life. And it's not about thinking happy thoughts or pretending to be happy but actually feeling real happiness because of the release of these neurotransmitters. I don't know about you, but I find that quite freeing. If you listen to episode 32, I talk about the 90-second rule, how our emotions only last for 90 seconds. That's how long the chemical response is, and after 90 seconds, every second you feel that emotion is because of your thoughts, because you're replaying it in your mind. So. As an example here, let's say that someone reverses into your car in the parking lot. You're upset and you're a little angry. After 90 seconds, you can choose to keep being angry or you can let go and choose to do something that instead is going to boost your dopamine, your serotonin or endorphins. Something as simple as calling a friend who makes you laugh or going for a walk. Because here's the thing, no amount of being angry can fix a dent in your car. It's done. It's over. You can be as angry as you want and that will not change anything. All it does is it makes you feel that anger over and over again. And while you could also just choose to look on the brighter side of life, that's really difficult for some people to do. They find it hard to imagine that they are happy when they aren't. So the other option is to do something that you know will release the chemicals you need to actually make you happy. No guesswork involved, no pretending. You want to boost your mood and instantly change your situation? You can. It's the science of your body. And it's worth noting here that happiness is relative. Your eight might be my five. It's like pain or suffering. You can't say for certain that you are more happy than I am. And really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how happy you are. It just matters that you feel more happiness then you do sadness in your day-to-day life. So knowing this, 
you can bring more happiness into every day and every moment. You can tip the happiness scale in your favor simply by engaging in activities that release these neurotransmitters into your system. And then despite whatever dark cloud is hanging over your life, whatever situation you have that's bringing you down, you can still feel happy. And while happiness is fleeting, because it is after all an emotion, it lasts for 90 seconds like the rest of them. When we focus our attention on the pursuit of happiness, we're bound to feel more happy than not. And by doing this, you're changing that cycle that I talked about in the beginning. When you feel happy, you make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, your life, your circumstances, all of that changes. And when that changes, the way you see the world and what you believe is possible for you also changes. And all these top ways to increase these neurotransmitters, it's nothing new. They are the very basics of health. Physical activity, nutrition, sleep, healthy relationships, sunlight. We don't need expensive supplements or the latest biohacking technology. We need to move our bodies, rest our bodies, and nourish our bodies. As I'm saying that, that reminds me of a quote that I remember hearing. I have no idea who it comes from. The grass is always greener where you water it. That's all for today. Thank you for sharing your time and your attention with me. And I will be back next week with more. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care and have fun.